Hello and welcome to Words of Wisdom, a podcast dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the Book of Proverbs. Your host is Dr. Jerry Weirwool, who will share life-giving truth from Proverbs that will help us become wise and discerning. Wisdom is a journey, and we hope you will join us for this exciting adventure. Proverbs 25:28 says, "Like a city broken into, one without a wall, is a person who has no self-control over his emotions. What we can take note of, first of all, in this proverb is that the structure is different than most others. It is missing a conjunction between line one and two, where often we see the words and, but, or so to connect the two lines together in the proverb. This is because the proverb is employing emblematic parallelism. Emblematic parallelism differs from the three most common forms of parallelism in the book of Proverbs, which are synonymous, antithetic, and synthetic, by connecting the two lines together with a simile or metaphor. In essence, emblematic parallelism uses a symbol, that is, an emblem, in one line to illustrate or explain the meaning of the other line. And so, it uses metaphorical language with vivid imagery to compare, contrast, or enhance the lesson or point of the proverb. As we begin to examine the proverb, we can see that an emblem, that is a symbol, is given in the first line, where it says, like a city broken into, one without a wall. This emblem is easy to identify by noticing the use of the word like to indicate a forthcoming comparison or contrast. While the Hebrew does not contain this word explicitly, it is inferred by the comparison between an inanimate object, that is, a city, and an animate object, for example, a person. Therefore, it's easy to see why the city in the first line is meant to be taken metaphorically, since it is compared to the person in the second line. The comparison being made is that a person who has no self-control over his emotions is in some way being likened to a city that is broken into and one that doesn't have a wall. The key to interpreting the proverb is to decipher how the image of the city relates to the type of person who has no self-control. To begin with, understanding the structure of an ancient city and particularly the function and purpose of the city wall is critical to grasping the connection being made by the metaphor. Now, this might seem like common sense, but a wall around a city is meant to provide protection and defense against enemies. For example, from foreign invaders, raiding parties, robbers, bandits, etc., as well as to keep out wild animals from roaming the streets. In the ancient world, people didn't have home security like we do now, where you can lock your doors and windows at night. Now, houses did have doors, and windows usually consisted of wooden lattice or crossbeams to prevent entrance from animals or people, but this didn't provide much safety if a family would be attacked. Thus, in order to form a fortified city, people would build houses in close proximity and then build a wall around those houses for added protection. In Jerusalem, there has been a wall excavated near the ancient city of David that dates to the time of King Solomon when he was writing the Proverbs. It is made of fitted stones stacked approximately 20 feet high that are reinforced with mortar. At that time, that was considered a big city wall. 
Most other cities didn't have walls that were that high. As you can imagine, smaller cities generally had smaller walls surrounding them, and a lot of small villages had no walls around them at all. But larger cities usually had a high city wall surrounding it, as they were prone to attack by foreign invaders. For example, the walls around the city of Jericho that the Israelites defeated, which predates Solomon by several centuries, stood between 12 to 15 feet tall, and was about five feet thick. Similarly, the city of Lachish that the Assyrians sieged and conquered at the turn of the 7th century BC had a fortified foundation wall that was 12 to 40 feet tall and up to 20 feet thick. What this goes to show is that in the ancient world, city walls were common defensive structures used for protection and that the size of the wall usually depended upon the size of the city. Well, back in the proverb, when it says a city broken into, one without a wall, it's not referring to a city that has no wall, but to a city whose wall has been breached. With the wall breached, the city is utterly defenseless as enemy forces are now able to freely enter the city, thus making it vulnerable to plundering and pillaging. It is this circumstance of unhindered entrance into the city to cause destruction that is being set forth as a comparative image to the person who has no self-control over his emotions. The Hebrew word translated emotions is the same word that means spirit. In this sense, a person's spirit it represents their emotions, desires, and drive. And there's also a psychological dimension to a person's spirit that relates to their attitude and temper. Thus, a person who has no self-control over their spirit is a person who has no control over their emotions. At this point, we might pause because as we consider the comparison between the city and the person described, it seems that the two meanings are misaligned. In the first line, the image set forth is a defenseless city that is vulnerable to attack because it has no wall. Whereas in the second line, the description is of a person who lacks restraint with his emotions. And therefore, the question is, how does a defenseless city relate to a person whose emotions are out of control? The answer is in the comparison between the city wall and a person's self-control. A city wall is meant to protect the city and prevent people from outside harming people inside. Well, in a similar way, self-control is meant to protect the individual from the unrestrained release of emotion and temper that can harm others through abusive words or actions. While it is true that the directionality of the metaphor is opposite what is expected, the point of the comparison is the beneficial role that a city wall and self-control play in a person's well-being because they guard and protect the city and the person. And thus, without either of them forming a boundary and bringing a degree of safety and protection, destruction and pain are sure to follow. This is what a person who has no emotional self-control is like. Such a person is susceptible to experiencing a number of undesirable personal issues. First, a lack of control over one's emotions weakens a person's ability to resist temptation. Various emotions like lust, anger, jealousy, and others all become exacerbated and more powerful because they go unchecked and unrivaled. A person who lets emotions grow and take root will find that they will struggle to overcome the influence of evil because evil will incite strong emotional responses that will lead a person down a dark path away from wisdom and godliness. 
Second, the person with no self-control will likely be unstable and unpredictable on account of the heightened influence of their emotions. An emotionally unstable individual is also a mentally unstable individual. The smallest thing could incite an emotional flare-up at any time, causing them to make rash decisions. Unstable individuals are more liable to saying or doing something foolish in the moment because they are not thinking before they act. Lastly, the person who cannot control their emotions is more prone to being manipulated. If a person is controlled by their emotions, people can use that weakness to exploit them and lead them to make certain choices or act in certain ways. An emotionally led person is an easily manipulated person since they are not self-aware of the driving force that is behind their decision making. Most of these scenarios and ways of experience in life are intimately connected with how our physical bodies work. God created human beings to be emotional creatures, but not to be ruled by our emotions. Science has helped us understand much about the way that the human body works, but there is still so much that we do not understand. The brain is considered the most complex organ in the body, and it controls our whole body, including our thoughts and emotions. The part of the brain that has been identified with emotional stimuli is called the limbic system. The limbic system is responsible for the regulation of the autonomic and endocrine systems in the body, and it's made up of four parts in the brain. The thalamus, the amygdala, the hippocampus, and the hypothalamus. These four parts of the brain work in conjunction with each other to process external stimuli and then activate certain physiological responses. For example, the thalamus collects sensory input, for example, visual, auditory, tactile, and other sensory perception. The amygdala incorporates the sensory information from the thalamus in conjunction with the perception of fear or danger. The hippocampus aids in memory retention and recall, especially as it relates to emotionally based memory. Memories, and the hypothalamus regulates hormone release and certain physiological processes such as blood pressure, heart rate, perspiration, and others. As we can see, God has designed our bodies to respond with emotions. But the thing to keep in mind is that our emotions are only part of who we are. We also have been given a mind to be able to think and to be able to reason so that we take intentional action. Allowing our emotions to control our decisions bypasses our logical thinking capacity in our prefrontal cortex of our mind. And it leads to us having conditioned or instinctual responses based on our emotions rather than through deliberate conscious choice. In order to illustrate this proverb, I want to share an incident that involves the movie actor Russell Crowe. Crowe is an Academy Award-winning actor and is acclaimed to be one of the best in Hollywood. He has starred in box office hit movies such as Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind, and Master and Commander. Well, in 2005, Crowe was in New York to promote his new movie, Cinderella Man, which was about the life of the legendary heavyweight boxing champion James Braddock. While in New York, Crow was staying at the Mercer Street Hotel in the Soho District. On June 6th, Crow was handcuffed, arrested, and charged with assault. According to the police report, 
Around 4 a.m., Crow was trying to make a phone call to his wife in Australia, but was unable to after numerous attempts. It is unclear as to what was wrong that was preventing Crow from successfully placing the call, whether it was an issue at the hotel or the telephone company or in Australia, but this incident was something that Crow would not tolerate. At this point, Crow became angry and frustrated that he could not make the phone call. Perhaps Crow's anger was partly due to lack of sleep, but it was more likely fueled by the fact that Crow was staying at a $3,000 a night suite and just wanted to make a simple international call. But nevertheless, Crow became severely irritated because of this, so much so that he tore the phone off of the wall and proceeded to the lobby to complain with the hotel clerk at the front desk. When the matter was not resolved to his satisfaction, Crow lost it, and in a fit of rage, he hurled the telephone at the clerk. The phone hit the clerk in the face, causing a laceration below his eye and substantial pain. After police arrived, the clerk was taken to the local hospital and treated for the minor injury. As a result of this act of violence, Crow was arrested and charged with second-degree assault and fourth-degree criminal possession of a weapon. At his appearance in Manhattan Criminal Court, Crow faced up to seven years of imprisonment. But as part of a plea agreement, Crow pleaded guilty and was conditionally discharged with a misdemeanor instead of a felony, which might have effectively ended his American acting career. Crow also paid over $100,000 to the hotel clerk as part of the court settlement. Now, certainly we have all been there. That is, when someone does something late at night, when we are tired, that is so irksome or agitating that we become upset. Perhaps some of us have said things that we really shouldn't have in the moment. But I hope no one has picked up a telephone and thrown it at another person. The point is that we probably all have experienced emotional outbursts to one degree or another, where we've acted out of our emotions without thinking things through. The question we need to ask ourselves is, how many times did we make good decisions in that moment? And how many times do we regret the things we said or did? I would bet the answer is that most of us have made few good decisions, if any, during a time when our emotions are high. And there are probably quite a few instances in our lives that we wish we could go back and do over. This is why the wisdom of the proverb expresses the dangers involved in lacking control over our emotions. We become unpredictable and foolish when we act out of our emotions without first thinking about the consequences of our decisions. A person who has no self-control over their emotions is like a city that has been broken into and that has no protective wall. Being unable to control our emotions makes us liable to behave in ways that are dangerous and that we would likely not choose to do if we took a moment beforehand to think about it. Acting out of our emotions can easily result in verbal, emotional, and physical abuse of others. We need to be like a well-guarded city with a solid wall surrounding it so that we don't allow our words and actions to be driven by unchecked emotions where we tend to lash out and hurt others. God created us to experience a whole spectrum of emotions in life, but he also gave us a mind whereby we can control our bodies and choose to do those things that are pleasing to him.
Controlling our emotions takes discipline and consistent effort, but as we apply ourselves to guard against unhealthy outbursts from our emotions, we will grow in godliness and true understanding. This is the wisdom of the proverb. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Words of Wisdom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so appreciative if you would share this podcast with your friends. And if you have been blessed by this work, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking on the donation link in the description.